Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So, put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Good morning. How are you all today? It's Thursday again, and we are live. And I wanted to just say I'm grateful to each of you for turning, tu- turning, turning, tuning in. That's what you get with the live show, folks. And I'm just excited that the holidays are here. And I personally am looking forward to 2024. How about you? So we're going to start out today with an affirmation. I celebrate my victories no matter how small they seem. I really wanted to focus this episode on the importance of recognizing and celebrating every achievement in the communication journey. With the holidays upon us, it's so easy, I know it is for me, to get caught up in the planning, the shopping, the get-togethers, and communication and connection can somewhat fall through the cracks where we just get caught up in the things we have to do, right? And then we neglect to stop and smell the roses and appreciate the person that we are with at that moment. So I wanted to bring your attention to celebrating even the most of minor victories. Often when I work with couples where one of the spouses or significant others has aphasia, we talk a lot about what are what is a small win? What is something we can take care of right off the bat to build confidence, build connection? If you think of it, you know, you probably had a science class one one time in school where they wanted they gave you a bunch of rocks, different sizes. And they said, you've got to get all the rocks into this container. And the smartest way to do it is to get those big rocks in and start working in the small rocks. Well, I'm going to say. Let's start with the small rocks, because every time you add a small rock into that bucket, you are building confidence, connection, and communication. So I'm excited to share my news with all of you. I'm going to introduce you to Mary Beth Hines in just a moment. Mary Beth is a speech pathologist, and she has joined Life Speech Pathology, and I couldn't be more happy. You get to meet her in just a second. So this is my victory. This is a significant milestone. If we're looking at it for rocks, this is a boulder for me because I'm not alone. (laughs) As much as I love doing this work and having grad students, there is nothing like working with a professional who has the knowledge and breadth of experience that Mary Beth has, and she is passionate about this population that we serve at Life Speech Pathology. So without further ado, Mary Beth, come on in. Woo, there she is. Hello, hello everyone. And hi, Genevieve. Thank you for such a kind and generous introduction. I I do appreciate that. And 
If this is a boulder for you, it's definitely a boulder for me. I am super excited to be joining your team. It's just you, you, I know you have some people working in the background, but you're the only speech language pathologist who has been working for life speech pathology until now. So I'm so happy to join you. That's awesome. So let's let people know a little bit more about you. I don't tend to share a ton of my stuff, but I'll do better folks. Cause I know that you like the behind the scenes and and understanding a little bit more. And, and as Mary Beth and I continue to build the practice, we'll share some of those experiences because um, when I put out a social media post with something behind the scenes or something personal, you, there's just a lot of excitement about it. So we'll, we'll do that more. So to get started, Mary Beth, before you tell us about how you got into speech pathology, how did you and I meet? Well, that, that is a, a, it was a fortuitous circumstance for sure. So I actually have my own podcast through speechtherapypd.com. It's called Keys for SLPs. And it is almost, it's about two and a half years old. It's not something that I intended to do, but my former colleague at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles had asked me if I was interested in helping with a company that she was running. And at the time I just didn't have it. I didn't have enough time to do that. So then a few years later, she asked me to moderate courses and I did. So they're continuing education courses. And then she asked me to host a podcast and I said, who, me, what? No. But then I remembered I had said no to an opportunity a few years ago. And then that opportunity was no longer available when I was interested in it later. So I said, you know, I don't know that anyone's going to be asking me to host a podcast for them anytime soon. So I'm just going to go for it. And 77 episodes later, that is what I have been doing. And I have had the opportunity to interview Genevieve three times, um, first on telepractice and then on aphasia and then on aphasia inclusion in the holidays. So we connected and I knew as soon as I met Genevieve that her practice was really special. And I was doing something else at the time and said, you know, down the line, I'd like to see about working with you. So here we are two and a half years later and I have joined her practice, but that's how we first met. We also realized that we had a lot of different connections and one was we went to the same graduate school. We did. <laughs> we both that. went to University of Redlands at different times. So we didn't know each other then, but had several of the same professors. For sure. And some of them are still there. Isn't that great? It is great. <laughs> that, that shows how great of a program it is to retain so many top professionals for so it long. is and you know one of the reasons why i liked redland so much is was that it was a small really tailored graduate program and there was a great connection between the professors and the students a really collaborative approach and i think that's one of the reasons why we have connected so much mm -hmm. because we really do like to collaborate that's that's my favoritest part that's my word <laughs> that's my favoritest <laughs> part of not doing this alone because when we're working with folks, especially in the chronic aphasia space where people have been living with it for a while, we're not just talking about working on a protocol or a method to accomplish one thing. We really have to look at 
the entire person and their communication partners, their communication opportunities and what's meaningful for them. So it's nice to have you where we're collaborating and brainstorming and kind of tag teaming with the clients and their families. Yeah, really being able to hone in and see what is it that they need. At this point, after, you know, after having aphasia for a while, they don't need a worksheet. What they need is a way to um, communicate in their, in their, with their families, with their friends and their communities and move beyond the basics. Yeah. So that, that's one thing I, I love about working with Genevieve. We really have a whole person approach. I think it's great. So tell us real quick, how did you get into speech pathology? Well, that is a funny story. And I don't know that I have fully shared it with you. So you didn't know what you were asking for. So <laughs> after I graduated from college, I went to work for a major brewing company. And I worked selling beer for about four and a half years, selling and marketing beer. So I worked at special events and set up special events. And then I worked in direct sales. And with all those different opportunities, I had an, an expense account where I could go and purchase beer for patrons in an establishment. So when I was in sales, I would go into a restaurant or a bar or or a uh, convenience store or a grocery store. But when I was in a restaurant or a bar, I usually had to wait for the owner or the manager. And so while I was waiting, I would purchase some beer for whoever was in the bar or the restaurant during, during the day. And usually they were older adults. And so when I decided that I might want to move on from that job, I thought, what was my favorite part of my job? what was the my favorite thing that I liked doing as part of selling beer? And that was talking to the older adults. So I found a career where I could speak to older adults and help older adults. I was helping them by making their day, getting a free beer, but I wanted to move beyond that. So that is how I found speech language pathology. And then once I was in it, I realized, well, of course I love working with kids too. So I have worked with kids along the way but really wanted to come back to my first love, which is working with older adults. Love it. What a great story. That's a good origin story. Yeah. So can you tell us one fun fact about you? One fun fact. Well, I am also a certified yoga teacher. And if you are uh, looking at this and not listening to only listening to the audio, you will see that I have something funny hanging from my ceiling behind me right here. And that is a yoga hammock. And I like to hang upside down in my yoga hammock to relieve stress. Wow. Uh, yes, yes. We're gonna have to have a conversation about that. <laughs> I think I got a spot right over there. I could put one. <laughs> it's really fun. I mean, just even if it's for 30 seconds in between clients, it's, it's a fun way to stretch your back. That's a great, yeah. Cause that's the one thing I, I get up from my chair after sitting for too many hours and you know, my pelvis is all tilted under and I'm all walking all hunched over and yeah, not a good. Okay. So I'll put that on my list for 2024. I need, to, <laughs> I need to take better care of myself when I'm working. And we have someone from our audience who says, I love aerial yoga. You would love it too, Genevieve. 
Thank you, Dee. Thank you for being here and watching the show. All right. So what I also want to talk about, another big rock uh, after bringing you into the practice, you and I have talked about kind of expanding a little bit beyond just uh, new aphasia and chronic aphasia. We're going to start focusing even more on Parkinson's and the voice treatment that goes with Parkinson's, as well as primary progressive aphasia. And so to that end, I think we're in a really unique position with what we've been doing so far in life speech pathology, that this is just kind of a natural extension of our whole person, whole family kind of approach. Again, we're not just treating the deficit. We're not just looking at the impairment and how to make it better. We also have to work at what does communication look like with the people that are important to you? How can we train them to help reinforce better communication or techniques or doing homework, whatever the case may be? Because even if we were to see as we've started doing recently, seeing somebody intensively for hours in a day, there's a lot of hours in a day that needs to be reinforced with the right communication techniques. And that's where I think we are well positioned to support a greater uh, pool of individuals and families. Exactly. Well, I'm really excited about Parkinson's. I think we've, we've talked before, I have a certification from LSVT Loud, which specializes in Parkinson's. It was originally started just with Parkinson's, but that program has been expanded to other populations as well. And then this past year, I also have a certification for, or actually it's not, a, it's not technically a certifi certification. I, I have a license um, right. to work with individuals using the Speak Out program. Mm -hmm. So, and there are nuances. They're, they're both programs that work with people with Parkinson's and they, they both have advantages. They're just done a little bit differently, but I'm really excited to work with patients through telepractice because it's such a great opportunity to really hone in on communication skills and, and voice for those with Parkinson's. I, I think it's wonderful. So I'm LSBT certified, have been, I want to say 25. God, I can't be that old. You <laughs> can't be certified in something. As but a, you were really certified early on. So I was. I was. For it those was, of you who don't know, LSBT has been kind of the um, gold standard for many, many years for treating Parkinson's. And it was, but I think it was, it's about 30 years old, right? I, 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 I want to say it's something like that. Yeah. So, so you got in on the, at the beginning. Yeah, it was fat. And it's been fascinating to see how the program has grown and the research that backs it up. And then my plan in 2024, because I didn't need one more continuing education mm -hmm. unit this year, I'm all filled up. I'll be getting my speak out certification or licensure in the new year. So we'll really be able to tailor treatment for what the individual needs. Mm -hmm. And speak out offers a lot of resources that can be shared through telepractice. So Love that. Uh, it's, it's, they're both great resources and programs, and we're excited to share them with the Parkinson's population. 
So let's take a little segue. And now that you've been hanging out with me for some time now, give us your impression of telepractice. I love telepractice. You know, first of all, I love it because I think it's so such a great option for the patients and the clients and the families. If you think about it, when you go to a, an in-person has its place too, and telepractice sure. is not for everyone, but for people who it is for, if you think about it, when you go to an outpatient appointment, you usually have to give yourself a half an hour drive time, and then you have to get ready. That's also going to take, you know, a half an hour. You need someone to drive you there. Um, so that's going to take out, out of their day. And then you have the drive time on the way back. So with telepractice, just from a practical standpoint, you can have speech therapy in your pajamas if you wanted to. There's there's no downtime getting ready and driving to to the actual appointment. And then as a therapist, I feel like there aren't any other distractions around when, when we're doing teletherapist, teletherapy. It's just, you know, a 45 minute session, one-on-one, -on -one, and we really can focus on the whole person, what their needs are, and really create a comprehensive program through telepractice. Bring in extended family, friends. We're actually doing that later today where we're, Mary Beth and I are co-treating with a client and three of her best friends are Zooming in with us so that we can do communication partner training. That is what telepractice is awesome for. And if you think about it, that was so easy to set up. There, there was a text and an email and voila, we're, we'll actually have her three friends and two daughters on the same call and we're all going to brainstorm together and really think of what is best for that client. So that's, that would be really hard to get all those people in one room if we weren't doing that's right. teletherapy or just to coordinate their schedule. And, and the one on the visual part of it, like we don't physically have to be there, but we can be full screen and you can fully see faces and facial expressions and body language. And it's just, a great way to connect. Well, sometimes it's actually easier with telepractice to see what someone's mouth is doing because you can really make that screen bigger. They can be larger than life. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why I like it. There you go. Love that. So we're going to pivot again and I'm just going to take a minute. And now that you've all met Mary Beth, you don't get to meet the other folks, but I do want to give a shout out to my support personnel at life speech pathology. So first off, Autumn, she, I gave her the title, you know, I've been trying to come up with clever titles. She is the client and program support specialist. So Autumn is a friend of mine. I met her early on when I moved here to Austin and she had joined the team, gosh, sometime early this year. I want to say April, May, Autumn, you'll have to let me know. I don't, I can't remember. But Autumn brings this enthusiasm and an aphasia perspective. She really helps me with the message so that it's aphasia friendly, so that, you know, if I'm redesigning the homepage on the website, that we allow plenty of white space to make it less visually overwhelming, making sure the phrasing is good. Plus, she is a dynamo at grammar and punctuation and 
all of those things I type, you know, if I'm heaven forbid, any of you ever have to see a text message from me because, you know, half my words run together because I guess my thumbs are too fat, but, but autumn helps smooth all that out and just gives a great perspective. And I'm just so grateful autumn to have you on the team. Stephanie is also behind the scenes. I'm referring to her as business organization and design manager. She helps me with so much organization. You all, oh my gosh, you would have been horrified if you saw my Dropbox account and my Google Drive account. And Stephanie, God love her. This is her wheelhouse. This is uh, her zone of genius. She is so great about organizing, putting things together. She makes these most beautiful spreadsheets that actually makes you want to input content onto the spreadsheets. <laughs> I thought you were doing all that. Well, you know, well, I've learned a lot from Stephanie. I did, you know, I play with it, but see, I have to figure, I can so easily get caught up in the design and making things look pretty than the content suffers. So I've been trying to pass much more of that on to Stephanie and let her do that and help work out the systems. And then she cleans it up after I mess it up again. But she has been so pivotal in cleaning up my course. It's called Unlocking Aphasia Course. And anyway, I won't get too deep in the weeds on this, but she helped make it really pretty and flow nicely. And she's helping behind the scenes create our future community. And we'll talk about that down the road. That's a 2024 project. Hopefully quarter one, we will get that rolling out. So thank you, Stephanie. You are invaluable. And then the last person behind the scenes that I want to thank is Lana. Lana is our prod podcast production coordinator. So when we finish these live episodes, Lana is the one that does a lot of the processing behind the scenes, making sure the podcasts get out on time and that the transcript is there, the summary is there and all of that great stuff. So Lana, I am appreciative of you. And that's the team. So there's five of us now at Life Speech Pathology and I'm grateful to each of you. So let's move on to our topic. So now that we've spent 23 I think I can speak for the whole team and say we are grateful for you, Genevieve. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is this is a family, this is a family affair, and everybody is well invested. Okay, so we are talking about celebrating communication victories. We're 11 days out from Christmas. We all know it. I haven't done one iota of Christmas shopping at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to it. That's what Amazon's for, right? So Mary Beth, I thought maybe we could brainstorm a little bit about how we can inspire our listeners to be aware of when they could potentially have a communication victory, because sometimes it's subtle. Again, we get caught up in the things we have to do, and we don't take that step back. So what are your thoughts on this? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's so important to re recognize the little victories. You know, when you look back a year ago, think about maybe what you were able to do to get ready for Christmas and think about how you'd like to be a little bit more involved. So maybe last year you helped put the trees on the ornaments, but you had aphasia. And so you didn't really talk much while you were putting up, up the ornaments. 
maybe this year you make a goal to just say with every ornament, you make one comment about that ornament. And that's a victory. That's that's a little thing, but it's a victory. I think any step toward independence is a victory. It is. And you know, maybe that's just being more independent with your schedule. Or maybe that's being independent with getting the ingredients out for your favorite cook Christmas cookies. Right. You know, last year you participated, but it was done for you. And, and this year you're taking a, another step. That's right. So every little thing that you do can be a victory. It can. Pulling out the family albums. Maybe not all of them. Maybe pull one out and grab a picture out. Maybe stick it on the tree. One of my favorite things to do for my Christmas tree, when I receive Christmas cards from people, I just kind of... I wish I had a picture of it. I just kind of stick it in between the branches, you know, so it adds as an additional decoration. Oh, wow. And why can't we do this with pictures? Like when I used to always have like school pictures from the kids, I'd stick them on the tree or if we had a recent family picture. And then when people come over, they see the lovely tree, but then they also get to enjoy the cards, the pictures. And that's just something fun to talk about, especially if I can find an old picture of the girl, my girls when they were little, you know, they love to reminisce and talk about those times and what that Christmas was like. It's a remarkable how much they remember from each of these holidays. So Mary Beth, what's a family? So I, I want to kind of make this more tangible for people. So I thought you could share a holiday tradition and how you can celebrate communication victories with your family. And then I'll do the same with one of our traditions. Okay. Well, we have a little uh, tradition that we started uh, several years ago where we go to the mall together, and which is something that we never usually do. So it's kind of funny. I Just a little... Um, explanation. I have five children. And so with my husband and me, that makes seven. And they're between 15 and 22 years old. So anyway, we all go to the mall together. We pick names out of a hat and we have a mission that within 30 minutes, everyone needs to find a gift for that person. And it has to be kind of funny and clever and make us all laugh. I mean, that that actually wasn't a requirement, but that's a one that organically kind of nice. developed as part of this activity. So anyway, then we all go to eat at a restaurant where we normally don't go. And we just do the, go there just this one time of year. So that's really funny. And we laugh the whole time we are exchanging these gifts. So I think a communication victory is laughter. If we can laugh, that does so much for us for our spirit, for our connection. And so laughing together is a communication victory. Love that. For us, something I started when my, and I only have two girls, 17 and 19, that we started, I didn't want Christmas to be about the gifts. So I always, you know, that kind of delayed gratification on Christmas morning, you know, you don't just wake up at the crack of dawn and wake me up early uh, to go get to the gifts. So instead, what we do is we make cinnamon rolls. My husband is the baker in the family, and he's taught the girls, even the youngest who 
does not like cooking, but she is motivated enough to participate with baking of the cinnamon rolls. And as you can imagine, that takes some time. And there's, there's time in between that we laugh and we put on Christmas music and we just spend the time in the kitchen and around each other while we're preparing the cinnamon rolls. So once cinnamon rolls are consumed, if we have people over, we get dressed up, but if not, it's a jammies day, nearly the entire day. And then we, we do the gifts. So our communication victory is spending that time together and really being present. I don't worry about the meal that I'm cooking later because I've prepped it. If I'm, if I'm on my game, I prep it so I don't have to worry about it because I want to be present, especially as my youngest is getting ready to go away to college next year. Yeah, well, well that's going to be a whole other topic. But, you know, as I get ready for <laughs> mentally and psychologically get ready for that, I really want to be present. And that's what I think our families can do. Just find them a way to stop and smell the roses, right? There, there's a reason that saying has existed for so long because we get caught up and we don't do it. Well, and if you really think about it, that's what makes Christmas so special is that all distractions are, are removed for that day or, or for, that, for that morning. You know, while you're Christmas morning, while you're together as a family, you know, the stores are closed, uh, you're, you're not go, you're not thinking about being any place else except where you are presently with your family and spending that time together. And I, I just love Christmas. It is such a special day. It is. It is. So I hope those two examples, one from each of us, helps you to see how just something simple as laughter, spending time together, being present. I wish that for each of you, whatever your holiday situation is, if you're alone, have a moment of gratitude. What are you thankful for? Reflect back. So we're going to pivot yet again. We're coming to the end of this episode. We're going to, I wanted to review with you guys. I've mentioned it once on one episode before this, but it was Thanksgiving morning as I'm prepping my smoker to get my turkey on for Thanksgiving that I came up with a communication strategy. The acronym is CLEAR. And what that stands for, the C is calm environment, meaning create a peaceful, distraction-free setting to facilitate better understanding and responses. So this, again, it was directed, my thought was for the holidays, but really this can be at any time of year. L stands for listen actively. If you're communicating with someone who has aphasia, show patience, give them the time to respond, listen with empathy. E is encourage nonverbal cues, encourage gestures, drawings, any form of communication. Some of my clients, we have taught them how to air spell, meaning they can't think of the they know what word they want to say, but they can't think of it or they can't get their mouth to say it. So sometimes they can just give us the first letter and something as simple as that can help the listener start guessing from the context, perhaps what they're thinking of. So it's important to always have pen and paper, pencil and paper, crayon and paper, whatever around at the holiday, especially if you have a lot of people in your house, you never know how you can write down a word or draw a picture 
that can facilitate that communication. A is adapt your speech. Keep it simple. If you're going to ask a question, only have one thing in the question. Don't ask a two-part question. Do them separately and get, get an answer or a response back. Clarity is key. Keep it simple and pause and wait. R is to repeat what you heard back and confirm. Don't hesitate to repeat yourself if you need to get clarity. Make sure that the, the message was received to your person with aphasia and that whatever they give you back, that you understood it. Harry, did you mean this? I heard you say this. Does it mean this? So let's review. Clear, calm environment. L, listen actively. E, encourage nonverbal cues. A, adapt your speech. And R is repeat and reconfirm. So that's the clear strategy. What do you think, Mary Beth? It's a great strategy. I love acronyms. You know, when I first, I think you did this on a, a Thanksgiving episode when you first introduced this. I and I was thinking, oh, this is going to be about clear speech. But instead, I kind of envision using this acronym, I envision clearing a field to let communication grow. Ooh. We're setting us up for success. All th This clear strategy sets that person up with aphasia for success because sometimes, especially in a a party or a big group situation, it's really hard for that person with aphasia to communicate. And if we just use this clear strategy, we're setting them up for success. Awesome. Thank you for that. Oh. Uh, so we're going to wrap up, folks. 11 days to go. I hope you get your shopping done and your plans made and you know who's coming to the house and who's not and what your holiday day is going to look like. Or maybe you're just going to have a lovely, peaceful, quiet day whatever the case may be. But I wanted to bring your attention one more time to a free download I have for you. It's called Aphasia Conversation Pieces. This is something Mary Beth and some of my other staff helped me create uh, as a way to help educate people that might be coming to your home about aphasia. So it's four pages, each one of them is a standalone page how I envision it and how I've gotten great feedback from those who have it. They put one on the fridge, one on a coffee table, one somewhere else. And then the last one, the one that they like the most on the bathroom mirror, the bathroom <laughs> that people are going to be using that are coming to your house. Because the idea is to educate a little bit about aphasia, but more importantly, communication strategies. Because what we know being clinicians in this space is people with aphasia become isolated because people don't know how to communicate with them. They feel that the people, the friends, the family, they don't know what to say. They don't want to feel bad for the person. They don't want to show pity, but then they don't know what to say either. So these conversation pieces can help give some guidance, some clarity how to do that. And it's, it's, it's just another tool in the toolbox. So if you would like your own copy, it is free. My website, do life forward slash holidays. Autumn, thank you for putting that link in the chat. So if any of you are 
catching this on the replay, the link is there. Check it out. And also on the website is all of the videos, all these live episodes I did about the holidays. It is all about communication and connection from the perspective of the person who has aphasia and what they want their family to know. It's good training. And with that, Mary Beth, we are done. All right. That's another little victory we can celebrate, right? Well, it's, let's, I'm going to have to start my own jar. Okay, everybody. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you all next time. And we are out. Bye, Mary Beth. See you. Bye. Next Thank you, Genevieve. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you 